Welcome to Apple to Oranges, an Apple Plus original review show. Welcome to Apple to Oranges. Sorry, I now, that really wrong. <laughs> oh, Jess. <laughs> I wasn't the one who brought Springsteen up. Okay. Hey man, hey. he's got he's got some bangers. No, he's actually well, so. Do you know what? Like, got some bangers. Yeah. Mount Bruce, and this is the, okay. So we saw him on Friday night in oh, Atlanta. Sh- and then we saw him on Sunday night in Orlando. Oh my so god! I saw, like, Yikes! It's been 48 hours. I saw two versions each other. They had like, be- like before, you know, like I, you know, met my husband. Like obviously, I, I knew Bruce Springsteen's songs, but I, I think I knew like the hits. Um, not not an artist. Like obviously, I respected him, and it was never someone that I would like turn the channel on the radio up his song. You know, I obviously liked the song. I just never got into him. My husband. This was. Yeah, this Sunday in Orlando was his 36th Bruce Springsteen concert. My Jesus sixth. Christ. 36. He started seeing Springsteen in concert like in the 80s. Like he started listening to Springsteen in the 80s. Um, like <laughs> actually started listening to him in the late 70s, like right before he got real big. Like my husband was like, I became a fan, like, and it was when he was marginally famous, but then Born, Born in the U.S., Born to Run came out. Baby, and, we were um, born like that, like, yeah. Baby, like, we were born when he exploded You gotta give me the rasp. You gotta get the rasp, Paul. You do. We but, like, here's the thing, though. Springsteen's just one of those, like, guys, though, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, like, like he is just a cool, like, Bruce Springsteen's just, like, a cool guy. Right? Like, he's just. And I can't, it's not even, like, one specific thing that, like, I can, like, pinpoint. It's just, like, he just is. A guy that just exudes just cool, and just a dude, just and a dude. he's seventy three years old, and Dang. the concerts, and you know, like the, those concerts were like three and a half hours long, Friday and Saturday night. Like he, and I think the one on Sunday night was, and the one in Orlando, I think that was over three and a half. Like I mean, he will play for like four hours. He's seventy three years old. And he's got one of the best guitarists of all time, man, little Stevie. Yes, little Stevie. Fucking Silvio um, Dante from The Sopranos. Exactly, yeah. Um, I can't remember who they would get to sub in for him um, when um, he was filming Sopranos and the E Street Band was on tour. But yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know, he puts on a wonderful show. So that's, I'm on the Bruce Springsteen track. So, uh, oh, yeah, man, dude. Got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. Oh, I love that fucking <laughs> song, dude. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I went that song. For a ride and I never went back. I don't know that song, so I can't do the. Everybody's got that. a hungry heart. Oh, so, okay. Keep in mind, like, so I think, um, I think it had been seven uh, years <laughs> since Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Like, I think it had been like seven years since like Bruce. Bruce Springsteen's been on tour since then, but like. 
with the E Street Band. It was seven years ago. Um, the last time John and I saw him live, though, um, it wasn't with the E Street Band, but um, we saw him live, I think, in 2018, because then he had, like, a show on Broadway, like, in 2019, um, and so, you know, he hasn't been on tour for a while, and, um, you know, this was, like, so he played Dancing in the Dark, obviously, he plays, I think, like, that, like, that and Mourn Run, he has to kind of play every show, right? But Nancy in the Dark, like every show that I, you know, the, the all the shows that I've seen him do this, though, like he always pulls someone up on stage. And um, okay. he didn't. He Everyone's didn't trying to be the new Courtney Cox. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the thing. But like that, it's just the thing, though, right? And I remember there was actually one of the show, my, I think the first show, the first Springsteen show, there was um a girl in the audience who was actually like, she wanted Max Weinberg to dance with her. And so she had a Weird. sign that was like, Max, please dance with me. And so, you know, she, I think that was a unique one. He didn't see the sign and then he just pushes her back off the stage. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, so she got pulled up on stage to dance with Max Weinberg. But like, they always pull, and it's not just one person. Like they, they pull, they'll pull up multiple people on stage, multiple, uh, you know, to, to dance for Dance in the Dark. But like, this was like the first time where I, uh, you know, where I've never seen him actually pull anybody up on stage. I don't know if I don't know why. I, I don't know if a security thing or hmm, a COVID thing. So <laughs> the other thing I noticed too that was like at Bruce concerts, people bring signs, like tons of signs. Like when you're in that um, the general admission, like in the pit, right? Yeah. None of that. Didn't really see. I saw like someone had a uh, like a jersey with something written on it. I think we saw one other sign, but like I don't know. I think those are no longer allowed now. I was gonna say like, do they just not allow them? Maybe. I wonder. Yeah. Well, a lot of arenas, stadiums though. I don't know. I know here in like the, we have the plastic bag rule, the clear bag rule. Yeah. Um. The link has a rule, but I don't remember what it was because it's been such a long time since I've actually gone to see a football game. So I don't, but I know like you can bring signs. I just don't remember what like the rule is, but it might be yeah. that like you, they have to see it or something. I don't know. Well, no, but like if you like purses, like you can't just bring like any person to like any or like these like arena the stage anymore. Like, yeah, you have a to, lot of them have, have to get them checked. Well, like, so I know at Clemson, they had, they call it the clear bag rule. Like you, it, you can, it has to be, the bag has to be clear. Oh, I, that wasn't. That's what a lot of I've, schools are doing now too. Oh, the yeah. clear backpacks. The yeah, clear I've backpacks. Yeah. And then, uh, but like both the State Farm Arena in Atlanta and then the Amway Center in Orlando, both of those places, it wasn't a clear bag rule, but it was like, if you were going to have a purse or something it had to be like they had certain dimensions that it had to meet yeah you oh man they yeah the the link you it was like either you got like searched or it was like or you went through a, a metal detector i can't remember but i don't actually remember if i brought i don't probably didn't bring any like i don't usually carry bags or purses so i probably didn't have one um, but I don't know what it is now because that was like four, or five, or six years ago, maybe. Mm. So I don't know what what it's like now. Yeah, I mean, you'd think like 
<laughs> of all the stadiums, like Philly Stadium, we'd be like, yeah, you can't bring anything in. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to throw that shit on the field. Uh, Yoder yeah. in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yay. I'm going to go for you guys because. E-A-G-O-E-S, Eagles. An Apple TV Plus original review podcast. I'm Paul, as always. <laughs> yes. Actually, here's the thing. Apple, well, you know what? Part of news, Paul, Apple did not get the NFL Sunday ticket. No, they got the Wednesday afternoon <laughs> ticket. No, but they do have is that they do have the uh, fr- the the baseball, the MLB, the uh, the marquee Friday games. Yeah, and they're getting like a whole major league soccer thing. I thought HBO had that or Peacock or whatever. Oh, Apple's got it now. Then what is all this stuff I'm seeing on HBO like Max, like the soccer stuff there? Maybe they got certain games, kind of like how the MLB, like like Amazon had whatever. Uh, or no, 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 Amazon. That was sorry, that was NFL. Amazon had the Thursday games. Yeah, Apple and Major League <laughs> will launch so February first. Yeah, because I saw there was games I could watch the other day on it. Maybe it was. Oh, maybe it was a different soccer league and not the major. I don't know. I don't know anything Plus, about soccer. Major league soccer. So I sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like yeah, I would think that that's was... like the like uh like the U.S. teams, right? Like um like ours is like the Union. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking know. know. I just <laughs> I just know Manchester. You know, I just know. I just know fucking. I, so you guys know my my, my <laughs> one of my you one of my Manchester about United. Alphabet. <laughs> you know, I know, you know I did. You know Wait, what is <laughs> about Apple though? Like with Apple though, like with their content, right? Like one of my arguments though is that like Apple. I, do we? Do they actually really care about like the number of subscribers they have? Like you won't know what they have screen? until it's canceled. Well, exactly, <laughs> yeah, I was right. say, like, but here's the thing though. Like if they like the you know my and I jokingly say like they make enough money off the products. Like I joking. I mean I, I mean I think it does mean more to them than this. But like in some ways it feels like a vanity project for Apple, right? They're gonna pay all this money to these A-list actors, directors screenwriters, producers, right? And put on these huge shows and movies, but don't, they don't promote any of it. You have the, and if you really like with your streaming service, like if your goal is to win the streaming wars, dude, having the NFL Sunday ticket, like that, you would get that, right? To like, that would totally catapult you up in the streaming wars, right? And like, and they like, they Um, let the deal fall through. I'm like, I don't do you really like so it's not about the streaming i don't think it's about the streaming wars for apple no so real quick june apple has major league soccer which is like just the united states Uh, yeah so that's what i thought hbo has like like team usa soccer so like if like so world soccer world like but just team usa like, oh, so you can only watch oh. Team USA play, like, <laughs> Serbia. fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but then, so does Peacock have, Nobody like, the Nobody who watches rest... international soccer wants to watch U.S. soccer. <laughs> so that means Pe- so that, that means Peacock. So, like, so I remember uh, during the World Cup, you know, 
like months ago. They have the um, Premier League. They had the Premier League. So like that would be where you would like, I guess, get your actual soccer. You get the Premier Manchester player. Your, your actual soccer. <laughs> you know, Real Madrid soccer. Oh, but yeah. this is weird. <laughs> Peacock is like the Hulu of it where you get to watch it on Peacock the following day. Okay. You only get to watch. Oh, okay. That sucks. You only get to watch it live if you are like a cable subscriber and get USA or CNBC. That oh, that sucks. This that you know it's just it's crazy. Like I don't understand any of this, right? Like okay. I mean, no. For soccer though, the thing with soccer though is that like a lot of the times because it's international, like you might not even be able to catch like the live game anyway. So, I mean, that's not terrible. Like, at first when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's bullshit. Um, but, you know, like, if you were a person that works, like, 9 to 5 and the match is on at, like, 10 a.m., like, during the day because we're, you know, not in the same time zone. Right. Then, like, that does make sense. It sucks that it's an entire day later, but I don't know. It's not <laughs> as yeah, bad as I the, previously thought. <laughs> but the rights to, like, the way that all this works, like, okay, so, like, honestly, what – South Park is what confuses me the most. Okay, so South Park is one of my favorite shows of all time, right? It's a Comedy Central show. Comedy Central owned by Viacom, which I guess is now Paramount, right? But anyways, so when South Park has new episodes, like regular season episodes, they release them on Comedy Central, Viacom, Paramount. But the entire archive of South Park and just the seasons, like like not the movie, the South Park Long Company's not on there, but like all of like all twenty five seasons of South Park are on HBO Max or HBO right now. Um, and HBO gets the new episode, like right. I think tonight was like the premiere of the new season, the first episode of the new season. Like that'll be on HBO tomorrow, HBO Max, HBO tomorrow. However. There are the the South Park movie, the bigger, longer, like the one okay. that came out in 1999. That is, you can only get that on Paramount Plus. Plus, and then in addition to Paramount, like with Paramount Plus, I guess Trey Parker and Matt Stone made a, they have like an exclusive deal with Paramount where they have like a certain amount. I can't remember how many they've done four so far, but it's like a certain amount of these South Park specials that can only be watched on Paramount Plus. Like that's the only way to watch them. But I feel that the huh. way that South Park is though is like these are things that will somehow connect to future seasons of the show. It's just it's so fucking weird. That's why I love watching the beginning of Ted Lasso, because it'd be like a Warner Brothers production based on characters created by NBC Studios yes. playing on <laughs> Apple. Like, oh cool. <laughs> Well, it's you like, you know, I don't know how we got here, but I'm glad we did. You know, on Succession, Paul, like Will Ferrell and Adam McKay are executive producers because when they when Succession started, it they were produ- like their the production company that they had. Remember before they had a falling out, but Adam McKay and Will Ferrell, they're the duo, their yeah, production no, they company. Hate each other. Yeah, now now like it's it's really sad how that all fell apart. But at the time, it was their production like they were their production they were producing the show. So it's funny that now, like years after that production company dissolved, they're still both credited as executive producers. I 
I think Adam McKay might be in, like, has had some involvement in the show, but I don't think Will Ferrell has, has had any involvement in Succession. It makes sense that Adam McKay would, because didn't he direct, like, Vice and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, but that I, seems to kind of, would have seemed to kind of be in his wheelhouse, especially some Will of the... Ferrell, though, no, like, not Will Ferrell. He, but Will Ferrell is listed as an executive producer. No, I get that, but I just, season, I don't think he's ever shown up to a day on that done. set. I don't think he's done anything with that show except have his name attached. Except cash the paycheck. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's um, coming back soon, June. Next month. Yeah, baby. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know why you I don't know. And Jess is drawing us. <laughs> Wait, are we at the... Um, hey, this the, is a great um, episode. Wait, are we, are we at the fanfic part of the episode? You know, like Let's fantastic. get to it. All right, Let's get to it. it right now. So, I think last week it was, I got to pick the actor to be in an Apple show, and I said... um. Pedro Pascal. However, I will say I think I might have changed my mind um, because here's what I actually really want now. You can change your mind now. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. You're changing the actor? No, you can't. No, I'm just saying I'm changing the whole premise of what this. Okay, you know what I want from Apple right now? I want. I want. Live TV news. I want. Hosted by him. I want a limited. Oh, okay. I, I want a limited series about the. Uh, relationship of Frank and Bill from um, The Last of Us. Like I would like a six-part miniseries. Yeah, but that... that no. Yeah, no. No. Fuck you. No. I want it to happen on Apple and so we can talk about it, guys. Also, because Pedro Pascal's not in there. <laughs> we can talk about it anyway. He would be in a flashback. No, he'd be in flashbacks. Like, you know, like when you go... He'd just be you know. sitting at the table, like, looking angrily at... With a gun in his no, face. <laughs> because you know... No, because at some point they exchange seeds and a gun. But they're never friends. God, never. that sounded so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. Look, I'm sorry. Was it consensual? <laughs> No, he had yeah, a gun, look, Paul. In February 2023, I feel like you cannot, like, I don't care what your podcast is covering. You cannot go in 2023, Joel. You cannot, you, you can't, you, we have to talk about that. I mean, you at least have to, like, pay, like say something awesome and just acknowledge the fact that last Sunday on February, whatever, Day, that was February Sunday. 3rd. The Sunday before Whatever. that. The Sunday two before Sundays that. Ago. <laughs> two Sundays ago. Um was like probably one of the it, it was like one of the best like television history. Come on. It was, was alright. <laughs> oh, don't be that don't be that guy, Paul. Fuck you, Paul. No, just no. Whoa, whoa, text. whoa, whoa. Cool to prove it. Paul was crying his eyes out. Oh my god. It. It's it was, fine. It was just a joke. I'm just saying, Take like, I, here's a, so, 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 so my show, wow. you know, here's the thing, so, you know what, no, I haven't broken my rule, because I said I chose an actor, Peter Pascal, and we're doing our, you know, fan casting, whatever, <laughs> so I would like the show that Pedro Pascal is in to actually be about the story of Bill and Frank, what? And um, Pedro Pascal would be in the show, right? Like, he would come back from Boston QC to Lincoln, Massachusetts, and he would give them strawberry seeds, and then they would give him a gun. Okay. He didn't give them strawberry seeds. It was Tess. 
But anyways, he, he would be in the show Joel for like five Joel minutes. could have been there. Joel could have been with her. You don't know. You think Joel would have let her go by herself. Joel, yes, because she would have been like, fuck you, dude. I'm going by myself. No, he wouldn't let her go by. She'd go with her. She's and he'd definitely be like, been there by herself. Come on. It's Tess. Like, she, like, there's something. There's definitely a time where she was like, I'm going by myself. You have to do this other thing. And he's like, okay, fine. Like, that's... <laughs> Okay, so Definitely I'm changing my happened. premise too. I want a Viper. <laughs> I want a Viper spinoff <laughs> of Game of Thrones. Yes, but he did it. <laughs> hey, how about fanfic? He did it. He doesn't die, and he crushes the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am just saying. I have not broken the rule. I am just saying that this show would have. I. I would be on Apple. The actor. It would be on HBO. He would, no, it could be on Apple. We're just this is all hypothetical anyway. What would my Game of show Thrones show be on? My hypothetical cool. show featuring Pedro Pascal could be starring. It could be starring Marty Bartlett and Nick Offerman. Yes, they would have featuring, to be featuring Pedro Pascal. Featuring Pedro Pascal. Um, you know, it would be the story. Look, it'd be the story of Bill and Frank. Damn it! And it would be beautiful. I'm not and I'm not opposed. We would cry. Idea. We would cry. You know what? We could I see Frank. We could <laughs> see Frank paint the house with the paint <laughs> that Bill lets him have after their fight in the street. Okay. We uh, it's see. just one episode of Look. just literally watching paint dry, and we're all good with it. Yeah. Because it's Bill and Frank, because it's Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett, and then Pedro Pascal shows up and like grunts and then like walks away. Like they trade something, they trade like medicine <sighs> and and you know aluminum barbed wire. Or whatever. Yes, I would love to see it, but the parameters where the person is the lead in this. <laughs> we didn't know. We said that. I said someone that was gonna be the lead of of an Apple yeah. original project. Yeah, featuring can also just be like, but featuring can be just as good as lead because <laughs> then it's like, oh shit, no, the featuring thing. Is okay, like, June, it counts. It counts. I'm not, <laughs> you it, got it. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> over I'm it. I'm not conceding defeat. I'm not. One of us has June has resolved. Like she's not budging on this. If words, words, if words don't have accurate definitions, what do we have? <laughs> well, we had a forty fifth president based on that. Like well, Yes, right, there we fine. Go. Well, that doesn't mean we wanted him. Okay. We have several people running our federal government, you know, that that those primers did. Oh, I yeah. just took us down off. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah, yeah, back it up, back it up. I am just saying, I I see the actor Pedro Pascal. And you know what, though? Because the one thing I will say is, like, what my original thing was, like, maybe not make him a reluctant, like, stepdad of, like, some random kid. But, like, I was like, he gets a puppy, and that would be cute, right? Oh, I thought you were about to go, like, really dark, like, not make him a real, but, like, let's make him a kidnapper. Like, what? (laughs) Let's make him a trafficker. Opposite. And I feel like if we have any listener there who are not, who have no idea what we're talking about, like, okay, so HBO, there's a series, The Last of Us, based on a video game. It's, like, hugely popular. Like, this thing is, like, kind of Game of Thrones-like level of, like, people talking about social media and starts with Pedro Pascal. And there was this third... It's the most accurate depiction of the video game so far, which is absolutely true. I just finished the game, like, a couple days ago. 
And there, there's a lot of direct dialogue, direct scenes, direct shots. Oh, I've seen uh, like the side by side comparisons. It's amazing. In this, and, um, yeah. In the episode that we just saw this weekend, I mean, like, there's an entire scene that, like, right before it happened, I was like, that's going to happen. And then sure enough, that whole thing played out just as it played in the game. It was awesome. Well, it's the third episode of this version of um, The Last of Us, though, where it starts Nick Offerman and uh, Murray Bartlett. Oh. And they're in their care in the game. Like, they, they, the show gave them their own backstory. And it's this, like, beautiful beautiful episode was funny so my husband is not watching the last of us like i know he doesn't this is not his thing look he's not like really this is the guy who is like it's not about the zombies no this is not (laughs) he's not about zombies he's not a sci-fi fantasy guy right it's not it's not baseball or bruce springsteen it's not baseball or bruce springsteen or real life with these mushroom heads Running at you. Thing them kind of like, honey, don't you think that like I know this is like hyperbole, but considering what we went through over the past three years, like there is such thing as a global pandemic. We lived through it, something that can cripple the economy, cripple society in some aspects. Like, granted, this is like to the like most worst case scenario of such a thing, but like we did go through something. Of all the zombie apocalypse like movies aside from like maybe like rabies like rabies zombies like this is probably like one of the most like like things that could maybe possibly happen if mushrooms were to mutate <laughs> like which is like, entirely uh, possible because guess what global warming is a thing yo and have so, you like, seen wait, the video like, is it yes. steps that, like, control, ra- like, rats? The ants. Like, brains or it's something? the ants. Like, that's what I was trying to say. Have yeah. you seen the zombie ants? Sorry. Jesus no. fucking Christ. I have heard them I've described. Heard it, yeah. I've and heard it. Read, terrifying to watch. I've read descriptions, and I've heard, like, people describe them, and I've read the descriptions and, like, articles and stuff, and I'm like, I have no desire to actually see, like, I don't want to visualize it, but... This oh, episode, though, anyway, so my husband's not watching this, right? <laughs> but I watched this third episode, right? And I just go, and think is my husband, he loves Mari Bartlett, he loves Nick Offerman. And I'm like, these are, they're doing roles that are familiar to things that you know them from, but just mm-hmm. takes you in unexpected ways, such unexpected ways. And I, it was just such, it was such a beautiful thing. So what I did was I started the episode, like, and when it starts with the flashback of the evacuation of Bill's town, right? And then he watched through and he knew Pedro Pascal was in it, but it was funny. He watched through and he was actually like that. I would have loved that to be like a two and a half hour long movie of their relationship. Like that was just, he was like, that was actually very beautiful. It was kind of incredible for a series to be able to have an episode where I can just like take somebody who has no idea really what this show is about, but can watch the part of the episode about these two characters and watch that 45 minutes and be like, holy fuck, that was an incredible episode of television. Like, amazing, amazing. The the amazing thing about it, though, is not just that, but, like, so in the game, like, this doesn't happen, like, at all. Like, we don't even see, we don't even see uh, Frank at all. Like, Frank is already dead. Like, we meet Bill, and he's, and, like, you don't have to worry or anything. People have, like, not played the game because, like, Bill doesn't, like, Bill is only in, like, a very teeny tiny part of the game anyway. So it's not like you would have gotten, like, an extra, like, four episodes of Nick and he's an, like, it, it he's an NPC, happened. right? Isn't he, like, an NPC, like, uh, the mask, the mask 
man in yeah. the Mythic Quest game? Uh, yeah, kind of. Like he, like there's a there's like, I mean it's true. Like Joel needs a car, so they're like, here you go, here's this episode. Um, and like that's the, that's what happens in the game. And I mean like he's a little bit more than an NPC in the fact that like he actually does do stuff. Like you never play as him, but like he does do stuff to like help you. So like when you're trying to get like across like a road to get to like the truck, like he's like mowing down like zombies for you and stuff like that. So like he he's a little bit more than just like somebody that you talk to, but like the relationship between them is kind of hinted at, but they don't like each other. Like they, like they had like some sort of fight that you never see, you never hear about. And so it's never actually like explicitly said, like he says, like Bill says, this was he was my partner, but he never says like I loved him or anything. You could just we were in a, you we had a relationship. It. Yeah, you infer it by how upset he is when they find like Frank's body. So you just like you just never know, and then you find other things where it's like okay, so like Bill was gay, right? But like there's oh, nothing mag- explicit. Magazine. Now, like one of the writers of the show wrote the game, so he yeah, decided no to like. He decided he made a conscious decision to be like, all right, you know what? Like, we didn't get this story. So why don't we just tell this story in an episode? And like, he didn't have to be like explicit. He didn't have to go into the details of these these people's lives. And he made that conscious decision to do that. And in such like a beautiful way and completely like take all of that zombie stuff, all the violence, all of Joel's, you know, all Joel's violence. And just put that at the back to show. And, like, I mean, it is, like, parallel, right? Because, like, we know Bill is very similar to Joel. But we see that side of, like, okay, this is what could happen to Joel if he found this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it was a very cool, like, very cool um, way to kind of, like, go, like, break from the game in, like, such a, like, really great way that, like, I don't know that they'll be able to like replicate again. I mean, maybe they, maybe, maybe, but, but it was just, man, it was so good. <laughs> Such it was, so a good good. was funny. So like the reason why I didn't pick my, my initial pick for the Pedro Pascal Apple show would have been like Pedro Pascal, like having to take care of a puppy that he didn't want in the first place. Right. <laughs> and then, but the thing is my husband was like, so he obviously, so like, so he had no idea what the show was about. Like I started the, ep- the third episode, like just at the Frank and Bill part so, you know, it continues on and you meet Joel and Ellie and Pedro Pascal come back in at the end to the present time of the show. And, um, you know, he has uh, Bella, Rand- he has, you know, Ellie there. And then my husband watching and he was like, oh, is this like, is he like another like reluctant? Like, is he having, is this another show where he's like taking care of like another kid, some special kid or something, some kid who has like, who's special for some reason. And I was like. <laughs> you mean like the reluctant stepdad? And he was like, yeah, he's like, he's doing this again. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, he not his next job probably should not be that. And um, he is, but also he's not though. Cause like, I mean, like, yeah, sure. He's like reluctant, but in, in this show, he's reluctant for a reason. Like, it's not like, Oh, he just, and then like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think like, like Mando, man, I don't Mando know. Mando just doesn't even, have any like, social skills. Mando, Mando has no social skills. He doesn't. I don't know. know that I would even classify him as reluctant. Like I feel like he was like almost looking for something like 
fatherhood, you know, like, I think he was like looking for that and just didn't realize he was looking for that. Oh, in me. I the think it was more like a, he was stuck with this, like this cute little shamrock shake know. of a mushroom. No, and then I, was like, okay, well, I'm going to take care of this thing. I don't really know what to yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't really. Cause like, even from like that for the first time that they like, me and he like touches like the finger like I'm just yeah. like yeah I think he was like looking for something like this maybe I mean, not motherhood but like it was something that he didn't he, know he's a sexy like he's a sexy stepdad right he, he is, is a like, sexy stepdad but I'm just my only point is that in the last of us like it's a different like it is a similar it's similar like don't get me wrong it's not that it doesn't have similarities but it's totally di- like he's like a totally different character and like man yeah joel is not the man <laughs> yeah well so not yeah, the well, same character is like maybe his next role shouldn't be reluctant stepdad and i was like Look, okay well my, that kills my that kills my original idea of pedro pascal take care of puppy he never wanted but then i mean I, the I like that idea i'll, I'll watch that yeah my, fuck yeah my idea is like i want i want him in like a like a parody of like a romantic comedy because he's really funny and like I don't know that he is I've funny. Seen him in a funny role like that I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, um, the Nick Cage movie like, last year, the Nick Cage movie. Yeah, I didn't see that. Oh, oh my God. the yeah, unbearable so or the yeah the unbearable weight of massive and talent then, or something. You know what? He hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's it. He so he just hosted Saturday Night Live this past weekend and he was funny. Yeah, but I mean, like, like just just in general. I mean, I did, I I knew that he did that. Uh, I haven't. I've only seen. I think I've only seen like the one. No, there was like two sketches I've seen, and neither one of them were like. Uh, they were both like the ones that they shoot like they oh, like shoot it was off. The, was it the, it was one the Mario? Was, the Mario one, the, and then was yeah, it the, the Mario Buffalo one. wings. And the Buffalo wings. No, one. it wasn't. No, it was the Mario one, and then it was one where they it, they were like backstage or something and like they were like this is the new cast member and it's like a it's like a clicker <laughs> oh, okay oh that was the promo yeah yeah that was yeah oh the funny uh, the, one the, is where the lady's cutting steak at the table and he can't even okay that one was one the reason why that sketch was funny was that it was an involved physical comedy that caused everybody to break and yeah that's exactly why i liked it <laughs> that's yes yeah. Well, yeah, he's funny. That's like, it. That's <laughs> the funniest is like when he's just like cracking up. Like he's got like that uh, the interview with I can't remember her name, but the the girl that plays Ellie and like you know he they were talking about like the apocalypse. What was the thing in the interview? They're like talking about the apocalypse, and oh, she was uh, the question was like, what outfit from Game of Thrones would you? Like, would you want? And I, I think he only wore one, but he was like, "Oh, I want the robe." And he's like, "Wouldn't it be great, like swishing in the apocalypse? <laughs> swish, swish, swish." And so then he asked her the same question, and she was like, "Oh, I'd take my armor." And he's like, and he's laughing the entire time he's talking about this because he realizes how ridiculous he sounds when he's talking about it. He and he's funny. like, "Yeah, they would just be, it would just be you like protecting me in that armor as I'm just like swishing around." And I'm like, "Oh man." Yeah. So I would love to see him in like a parody. Like a parody of something. Like I don't want him in a straight up rom com, but like like a parody, a parody of, of like of like 
like it, or even like a parody of like a Hallmark movie would be really funny. Oh, that would um, be good. And he would be fantastic in that. I think he you know, would. Like, I yeah, do he think could be, he... he could play like either like the you know oh he's the the swashbuckling you know cowboy that wins over the businesswoman or he could be the opposite you know like the hard-headed businessman like he could be either one and it would just be gold you yeah. do need to watch that nick cage movie because it's a he parody did. of a- it's a parody of action movies and he okay. is so and they like deep. flat out say it because he's trying to write a script pedro pascal is trying to write his scripts so are like he's the oh this is like the second act like this should be happening right now and then it yeah, happens nice. it is hilarious like, it is, is so like funny nick cage he is nick cage's number one fan so like he knows like all the trivia about nick cage like it's amazing jesse you have to watch it um okay well but uh paul what is your pedro is pascal apple show or movie uh the viper the viper <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> No, you're that's just not really me. No, um, uh, I got um, uh, especially after Roe vs. Wade was overturned. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. This is kind of like I don't know. Just just knows a little more about this, but I I just kind of like oh, yeah. Oh, I know where you're going. Go tell me, tell me he's not the perfect dude. Oh yeah, he that's perfect. That's a perfect role. Wait, 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 wait is it June though? Because she has yeah, no idea what we're talking about. No, I've, <laughs> I've been I've been actually writing a story. Um, and Jess has all the synopsis of <laughs> of like because Wisconsin isn't necessarily a banned abortion state; it's an unavailable state mm. where you can't find it, you can't get an abortion done in Wisconsin. So, he, like this guy teams up with other social rights activists, and they create an underground network where he acts as an escort. And he takes these girls out of state, like he pretty much drives them to abortion clinics that offer it in different states. Whereas you have some states who are trying, which you, you can't, I don't even know how you enforce this, who are like, if you aid someone getting an abortion, like you are subject to criminal. Yeah. So like uh, he has like a whole, he has like a whole network like run by like someone that used to run with the Black Panthers and she's mm-hmm. super cool. Like. And it's just them kind of dodging, you know, like religious groups. They're trying to they're trying to butter up senators to get votes their way to help these girls out. And all the while he has a daughter that he's feeling discon like she's feeling disconnected from him. And at oh. first I think his big secret is that he's taking girls out to have them murdered, but he's actually he's actually like part of this part of this like grassroots underground movement of getting girls like the help they need for this. And then also like set up like with psychological help or therapy or like even job references, like they're creating like networks with like companies, like, you know, kind of almost like um the fuck do you call it? Like, like, like almost like a shell company to give these girls like a fresh start after they get this. Mm-hmm. After they get it done, and it's I like just now back to their bank records because there yeah. are some places that are like looking at your bank records to see like what you spent it on, if they can prove that you spent it on an abortion, which is illegal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been thinking about this since Roe versus Wade. That's amazing, Ma. I love that idea. I think, and I think he would be. <laughs> yeah, I think you need really... to get this written and then option for a movie, and you. Oh, this has to be a role. TV. This has to be a TV series. 
Okay, TV series, fine. Yeah, whatever, whatever get you him as a creator. It. I think it'd be a good limited series. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. Get it to yeah, so right? that, yeah, yeah, I knew Jess would enjoy that because she's heard <laughs> a lot about this for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. No, no, and I think we have three very different ideas. You know, Jess, we have, which I think is, I mean, Pedro, Pedro would be great in either of these roles, though. He could do like All a comedic it. role. In a satire, you know, in, in a satirical type, you know, movie or show, Paul, I think, honestly, having a miniseries based on this very important issue, having Pedro Pascal be, you know, your protagonist that you're following, someone who is, you know, trying to advocate for women's rights, I think he would be perfect in that. Um, cause he and it kind of breaks type from saving kids. Like, I'm not yes. trying to be funny. No, but. <laughs> no that's true. It does. Yeah. And then, and, and then you have mine, you know, which is a feature in Pedro Pascal because I didn't know that I, I was just being loosey and goosey with the parameters because I just really want more Frank and Bill Stark than The Last of Us. I honestly and, kind of want the Mario Kart thing. <laughs> like, I do too, actually. That was really great. I so fucking is, love that. <laughs> my husband has never played a Mario game in his life. So, like, that sketch that. Like he, nothing at all. He was like, it reminded him. What's Rainbow Road? <laughs> yeah, no, he just didn't. So I'm bisexual. Funny. So it reminded him. He they remind, have it, for legs. So it reminded him of the um, SNL. So when David Harbour hosted SNL, that Oscar. The, yeah, it was the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Like that was the big movie out in theaters when David Harbour was not live, like back in 2018, 2019. And, um, so what they did was like SNL when they were they did a fake movie trailer, gritty trailer of um, Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street. And so like for me, because I have I know Mario, like I don't I mean, I, I know I played Mario Kart, like I got all the references and that it was to me, it was just as funny of like the joke trailer of like just knit and gritty new adaptation of this game. And like it was very similar to the Oscar the Grouch uh uh, spoof trailer that's not did with David Harbour like where it's like do we really need this like, no you know like all this stuff like, Rolling Stone like, says why would, yeah it would be like it was, it was like you know, do we really this need this it. do we really need this ask like ask NPR no says the New York Times right like, like I mean, both of them had like things like that like stuff from the critics that was actually like not good like blurbs of the quote unquote adaptation. But um yeah, for him, it was just funny because he was just like that meant absolutely nothing to me because and oh, I was like, yeah, so because sad. you don't know Yeah, he um it's so sad because the mushroom like the mushroom connection between those two things is just so yes. perfect. For me, it's so yeah, perfect. And, I'm yeah, bisexual. I need, to, I need to feel big. I need to feel big. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what happens if you die? It's like, then a little man and a cloud. A little fishing pole, and like, just put you like back on track, and then you just like keep dying. Like, oh. <laughs> man, that that fucking that real like kind of going back to the roots of this podcast, the video game news Mario Kart 8 is gonna go down as one of the most successful video games. Like, that came out in 2014. They're not even trying to make a new one. We just got 
a brand new DLC for 25 bucks with four new tracks and everyone is just eating the shit up to this day, almost 10 years after the release. Wow. It's insane. I know. I can't. And Emmett's going to be like, dad, can I buy this? Like how many, you know, how many new Mario Kart, like that, that's kind of like those, those, way to do it though it's like because like why do you you don't need to release a whole new game like oh everybody knows mario kart right yeah exactly like everybody knows you could go back to like super nintendo and play mario kart and it's just as fun i have anything else yeah exactly no they didn't have mario kart on super nintendo it was nintendo 64 nope super nintendo i had it 92 i I had it i have it i I was just gonna say i have it too sorry june i will I will stand up to you this time. No, 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 no. you can do that because here's the thing. So my, I am, you guys, like, I am so, which is funny that, like, it's, it is so funny that, like, the start of this podcast, it, like, we started this based, you know, on our reviews of Mythic Quest, which is workplace comedy based on a video game. And, like, I am so out of touch with video games. Like, so, you know, I <laughs> I had an 8-bit Nintendo. Like, I was, I remember that was my first person when I was five. And it was the one that came with like the Duck Hunt slash like Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah. And we had that. And um, my favorite Nintendo game, and I, I now like I remember I was in my 30s when I learned this. Um, I didn't. Uh oh. Mar- <laughs> Super Mario Brothers Two is my favorite Mario Brothers game, and then I learned in my 30s, I was like, oh, that actually like was just another Japanese game, um, because the actual Super Mario Brothers Two, they said it was going to be too hard. So then they needed to produce something and they're like, well, here's this random Japanese video game. We'll just like put Mario characters, which is why it doesn't <laughs> operate like any other Mario game in existence, like at all. Um, but that's my favorite one because you could be the princess and I played the princess. And oh, she I, had like the was, flying jump. With her. She, she did. And that's the only one that like, that's the only Mario game that I like I finished, like I actually won it. Like, I've never, like, all the other ones, like Super Mario Brothers 3, I only got up to a certain point. I don't know what the end of Super Mario Brothers 3 is. And then I got a Super Nintendo in middle school, and uh, that was with Super Mario World. And, like, that got too complicated. Because then you <laughs> added the XY button, and then the left-right buttons, like, on the thing. And I was Uh-oh. like, this is, I can't do this. So I remember when, like... <laughs> The, what was the net? Was, was it the Cube or Nintendo 64? Like the whatever next Nintendo console came out. Apparently, like, do you want that for like your birthday? I was like, no. I was like, absolutely not. I was like, because I can't. I can't anymore. Like it's just remember, too, too many. I remember getting confused as fuck when I got like a PlayStation 2, and it was like, it was like, what are these like buttons? And it was like the actual like joysticks you had to press. I'm like, what the fuck? Like what's what's P3? Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, a video controller three. now, like, <laughs> the video controller for the Xbox, the very first Xbox, like, I remember, like, it was, I was in, col- like, college, and I was at someone's apartment, and they had the new Xbox, and they, like, had the controller, and I was like, why are there so many fucking buttons? Like, this thing is massive. And so, the only yeah. other, no, you know what, I have a Nintendo Wii, and the Nintendo Wii is fun, but the controller itself is just, like, if you just like hold the controller, it is literally the, <laughs> it is literally up, down, left, right, A and B, and that is it, and that is all I need. And then the little trigger on the back, right? Yeah, but you don't use it. Yeah, right. You play like old school. If you play the old school Nintendo you games, you use it like, for bowling, June. 
Well, yeah, but that you can download like all the old Nintendo games, like the 8-bit Nintendo and stuff, and you don't and you don't need the little trigger button, and you just need your your up, down, left, right, and your A and B. That's what I love about Nintendo Switch is they have Super Nintendo Online, and you can play almost every game from their catalog. And that's I just sit good. there playing Super Mario World. Uh, yeah, going, that's pretty good. And Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country has one of the best soundtracks yeah, of all I did time. Mortal, Mortal Kombat was my Super Nintendo. That was the one that I got obsessed with, and I never beat it. I was so close. I stayed up all night, ate a <laughs> bunch of fun-sized Hershey bars, because it made a from Halloween, <laughs> and, um, and then I got sick. Oh, I had trouble no. because I was I was supposed to have gone to bed um, after Uh-oh. Saturday Night Live because I could I remember it was a Saturday night and I was able I was allowed to stay up when I was a kid I was able to stay up late for Duke basketball games and um, <laughs> Saturday Night Live and um, I was supposed to have gone to bed after Saturday Night Live and I did not. And keep in mind, Uh-oh. I was like, I was like twelve or thirteen, and then I guess over at one in the morning, Easter Day time. <laughs> so I stayed up till like eight o'clock in the morning, and I just ate a bunch of the fun size Hershey bars and made it. I beat Goro, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because you couldn't save the game at the time, right? Like you had no. to keep playing. And no, then there I were got, no saves. And then I got to. What the fuck is his name? The main bad dude? Um, Shao Kahn or yeah, no, Shang Tsung? Um, thanks, yeah, Shang Tsung. I got to him. Like He was like the, bat, the last one. Your Uh-oh. soul is mine. Yeah. <laughs> Your brother's oh, soul belongs oh. to me. And I always played Scorpion. Back, back B oh, is Scorpion. how you got the grappling hook. Back, back B. Uh, I, was, I always played Sub-Zero. I was always Johnny Cage because you got to punch dudes in the dick. <laughs> yeah, he did the splits and punched them right in the nuts. Scorpion had the harpoon. Get over here. Yeah, yeah and then he would take off his mask and burn your face. Fucking creepy. <laughs> it was really good. It was great. Oh, and then Reptile would come out and eat your fucking heart. Oh, man, dude. Mm, that was Mortal mm. Kombat 2. The first one was only like six players. Like oh, I thought you. Kombat. I thought you said Mortal Kombat too. No, 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 the first. One. I know. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You only had uh, oh Katana. Hmm. You didn't have her. Yeah, you. The only girl, the only female character in the first one was Sonya. Oh man, and then Katana comes in in that blue onesie in part two, and it's like game over. Young Paul didn't like, know what the fuck happened. <laughs> Young Paul. Uh, oh my God, June. This is news from an hour ago. I talked about the I talked about the new DLC for Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. They added a new character that you can play as, and that is Birdo from Super oh. Mario Two. All right. So maybe. Yeah, it's fucking weird. It is weird. It's fucking <laughs> weird. And she spat him out like so quickly. But you have to use the eggs to kill her. Yeah, oh, you can ride the eggs, too? That was fun. You ride the eggs, but, like, the whole point is, like, you don't really just... You have to squat on them. You have to pick up... You have to, like, jump on the egg, pick it up, and then throw the egg, and you have to hit her three times. And it's like, womp, womp. Yep. And then the eagle. Oh, that one. And then remember 
remember the eagle at one point? It's like, you know, like the very last level, you have to go through like five things, like where you go through Birdo, you go through a Birdo and whatever. And then, you know, like at the end of each level, like you go through the eagle, the eagle mouth opens up and like you go in and like, yeah. But at some point, like you have to fight the eagle. I was at first like, why is there an eagle? (laughs) Yeah. But then like, it's like the last, the very last level, you have to go through like, like four or five obstacles. And like, I think it's the one right before like i don't even remember was it about was bowser the whoever the ultimate ultimate baddie was in mario 2 which i can't remember because i have finished the game but like the eagle that you were just like was this thing this random thing in each level right suddenly like that it like it flies around and you're like what the fuck (laughs) like i thought you were my friend oh fucking game man (laughs) <laughs> I love it. And you got to play as Toad. It was great. It was great. Yeah. I'm bisexual. Toad. Oh, Toad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, video games. Um, are you, are you on to your... Is it Quest? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because you got people oh, coming in soon. Games? Yeah, I got in-laws. Okay. Okay. We watch. Episode five and six of Mythic Quest. Uh, we'll start out with episode five, Playpen. So we have Poppy, who is trying to make Hera more fun, but she is just making it worse. Um, Ian is bothered by the MQ movie. Uh, Poppy finds out that Dana is stealing the Hera coding and goes to confront her. Meanwhile, David confronts Carol, Brad, and Rachel about their NFT little scandal, or not scandal, but their, like, little plan uh, for the NFTs. Um, Let's see, Carol takes the blame, then Rachel takes the blame, and David's just like, what the fuck, guys? Um, Carol has to speak to Montreal later on. Poppy and Ian confront Dana, uh, coming in hot. (laughs) Uh, You scumbag, what did she call her, like a scumbag? Um, uh, Ian finds out about, uh, Joe Maganello and he's not happy about that. Um, Montreal promotes Carol, uh, to the duty. So now she's the hoodie duty. Um, and Dana shows Poppy her playpen games, um, which (laughs) is fantastic. Um, which is fishing and candy wrapping. Um, Ian confronts David about the MQ movie. Uh, Joe Manganiello is not big enough to play me. Um, David does a really great standing up for himself, but then back down and ultimately lets Ian consult on uh, the movie and casting decisions. Um, Brad approaches Rachel about being the new homie um, and basically is just like convinces her to do to the job without actually convincing her. Um, and Poppy has a crisis of purpose, uh, but then Dana takes her to meet her classmates, and uh, Poppy realizes that Playpen is her deal and not Hera. So, what did you guys think about episode five, Playpen? So, I love how Carol, like, I mean, here's the, the it, it, it's here's the thing this is kind of real, like me just having left a job like seven years at a corporate at a company right like the way companies work though it's like 
I mean, I think it happens more often than people want it to believe, but like when bad deeds go rewarded, like you don't want to believe that happens, but like what Brad and Carol and Rachel did with the NFT in the previous episode, like with not that they did it, but they just like did it and didn't consult their boss. Anybody (laughs) didn't consult anybody. Right. Like, you know, there's, there's a hierarchy in any company, but there's a reason for it. But like, it's this just, and whether or not you agree with how companies are structured and how that works, but you know, just right now, that's how it works. Right. And they, they did something bad. And then I just, it's just to me when it was just like, who's going to take the blame? Here's the thing, like neither Rachel or Brad, like neither of them can take the blame. Rachel's not an employee of the company anymore. She's just a person. <laughs> yeah. She's just a yeah. person. Brad shouldn't be making any business decisions because that's part of his parole. Right. Like he can't you know, be in that position at all. Parole, like he can be around, but he he can't be in a position, you know, where he makes these sort of business decisions. And right. so, like that's one of the terms of parole. So, like it's not like she, you know he can't take the blame. And then, so really, it is only Carol, and she gets promoted. And I forgot, I forgot what duty, like what the next level up is. But it's just funny because, like, because here's I witnessed this, like I witnessed these things happening in my company, where like there was like blatant just disregard for the rules, and then suddenly, like. There's no punishment. Well, it's it's funny it's too because like, like new role. Yeah, and it's funny too because like at like right after that call and she's talking to Brad, Brad, she's like, she's like failing up, and then she goes, "It feels so right," and then she goes, she looks at him, and she goes, "Feels so white," and they both laugh. So that it's is that true. Was like such an apt line, like that, like what a great piece of writing, like with having that just like little commentary like social commentary just like slipped in i was like oh man that's so good and i missed it like the first time i watched the episode the second time i like caught it i was like oh shit carol and like i am kind of reminds me of like you know almost like the like a partner at a law firm right like a founding member of a law firm who retires but then like you're retired but you keep or like whether you know you're a law firm or an accounting firm or like a whatever right like you're one of the founding people you retire but like can't stay away right but like you no longer work there like you really have no say but like and that's what i'm right. trying to remind you like he's like still trying yeah. to insert yeah, himself he just walks in yeah he just walks in and he's like yeah i'm i'm the creative director still and yeah, you're just like, wait, hold on like you don't actually have any decisions over this movie because you're not involved in it like yeah. you're not a part of it <laughs> and i think that and i think in, in general i think i think a lot of businessmen especially like you know you're c-suite you know like your higher ups you know your ceos your you know whatever you know like your founding of a company like you like it's you can't it's just i think it's just this business mentality like this is your baby almost right you can't help but keep inserting yourself in a place where you no longer have a place <clears throat> so i i actually right. really did love that episode it was about like just so many of the Yes, I understand it's hyperbole, but like this is how businesses operate, and it's just—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's silly, but it, there's truth to it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Paul, what did you think about this episode? I enjoyed it. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It's definitely not in my, like, top three. And, like, sometimes I think this highlights, like, I hate to say it like this, but, like, a poppy problem. Like, sometimes. They don't like, know what to do with her sometimes. It's like episodes like this make it kind of harder when she has those sweet moments to be like, oh, yeah, she's sweet. But then, you know, she's calling people shit bags and just kind of being really rude. <laughs> like, And you're right. I don't think they know what to do with her. Like June exploited it last season <clears throat> with the stealing of candy. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, I just I think this episode kind of highlighted that sometimes she just isn't a likable character. Like, and at the end, it's like, yeah, she's getting accoladed by. By Rachel's. Uh, people are, you know, like her, her classmates or. Yeah. Is Dana. it Rachel or is it Dana? Yeah. Dana. Dana. Dana, Dana, but it's like, uh, you know, she kind of treated Dana like shit this whole episode until. I think the thing with Poppy, I think, I think what, when we are sympathetic towards her, right. Or when we get her as a character, it's when she's with Ian, because we see their dynamic. <clears throat> and here's the thing, like, what I do love about how, like, and you'll see with the rest of the season, Jess, but like, and I think what they've done with every season is like, and I think this is how it is with any relationship, whether it be a romantic relationship, friendship, um, you know, with colleagues or, you know, a supervisor and their employee, whatever that kind of relationship, you know, like there are always going to be like positives and negatives. Right. And how you maintain those relationships is how you navigate through the negatives. And so I think part of the problem is like when we don't have Poppy in scenes with Ian. Like, we're not seeing, like, the, the negative through their dynamic, which I think is really the best, is is when we see that character the best, is through her dynamic with Ian. Right? Because yeah. we, see, we know his flaws, too, and we can, and knowing his flaws, and knowing, like, how, like, he can bring out, you know, and, and again, like I said, any relationship, like, you know, people, you people have the tendency to bring out, you can bring out the best in each other or the worst in each other. Right. And so because Ian is like almost her perfect <clears throat> foil, it's easier to relate to her when she's juxtaposed to him. Mm. But yeah. really like with, 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 you know, maybe with some of our secondary characters like Dana or Rachel or something, we know about them, but not enough. Right, where I think especially with Dana, because I think Dana, like the character, you know, she's kind of a mystery, right? Like she's cool, she's hip, but also a super nerd. Yeah, and like I mean, she's woke, but like not like to, the, but like like she's aware, like she doesn't take the wokeness to the Rachel level, right? Like she's also a little more pragmatic in her approach, and she's a little, she's more methodical, right? But like it's. Dana is kind of a mystery there. Like, really, like, what are Dana's flaws? Well, Dana, Dana to me is just, she's just like, she, she's a character that's like, just, I mean, to me, I don't really feel like she's a mystery at all. Like, I feel she's just like, very, like, one of the most straightforward characters that we have. Like, she's into programming. She doesn't hide it. She loves games. She doesn't take shit. Like, that's Dana. <laughs> like, that's Dana. Yeah, um, but then she also, this, she, she does do the toe the line of like 
like sometimes it's like does she is she more of a Brad or Rachel? I mean, I think if we're going to compare to another, if we're going to like compare to somebody, she's probably more like I am than anybody else. But, um, uh, well, she's like chaotic neutral, like pretty much. Like she just kind of like does shit that she wants to do. Um, And Mm. like she know, like she seems to know her mind and she just does whatever her mind is telling her to do. Where she just and, quote unquote sees it, as we'll see in the next well, episode. You know what? That's a good way of looking at that character, Jess. Actually, and I kind of if if we look at her character that way, then she is someone who is she's different from Ian in that she actually has the confidence that Ian yeah exudes, right? Like that's <sighs> the difference, right? So if you have it that yeah, way, she maybe, has it. So maybe that's why sometimes the scenes with her and Poppy don't work then, because if you. Because I think like Poppy and Ian are both insecure in their own ways, which is why you can oh, yeah. relate to Poppy both them and their dynamic. But I think yeah, with if you have Poppy insecure. but up against Dana, who is this like who actually has the confidence that Ian is missing, then it maybe makes Poppy look I don't know, um, like she's flailing. Yeah, well, I see it. I don't even think I don't think that's like I think that's like intentional though. Because, like, like in this episode, like, we already know that she knows her game is not fun. And she's trying desperately to make her game fun. And the w- the only way she can think to do that is to, you know, make this, like, ridiculous code that you have to do before you get the controls to even, like, play the game, I think. Which is, like, an insane thing to do. And then she makes this, you know, she makes the playpen game where she has, like, no idea if that is fun. But Dana, like, already, like, she sees it right away. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, that's super fun. And, like, I'm going to take this because, like, you gave it to me. Like, it's a toolkit to make games. So she's like, I'm going to take this or whatever. And so, like, I think, like, we're really, like, because, like, like, for me, like, actually, this is, like, an episode that I really liked Poppy in just because, I mean, not necessarily that shitbags part where she, like, jumps out and she's, like, super crazy. Because, like, sometimes I think, like when they when the writers write poppy they kind of over exaggerate in places that like this episode like would not be an episode that i would like over exaggerate that part of her um i would have played that down just a little bit uh but like the end that end part where she's talking to dana and like you know dana's like look i got something to you know tell you and she's like super upset and she doesn't quite like she doesn't come out with it like super right away but then she's like i'm just like i'm just a mechanic like nobody celebrates mechanics and like i just wanted to feel like what ian feels and it was like that was like a real like moment for her like for me like i was just like oh shit like she's finally like she's finally like letting her guard down you know and being and being honest for once you know like uh i thought that was i thought it was pretty good Mm-hmm. poppy moment at the end there um and i like her i like her with dana because like dana dana is it like like i am like almost seemingly like wants to have like poppy's approval for some reason but like dana doesn't <laughs> she doesn't give a shit so like you know poppy can be all like do all of these ridiculous things and be super rude and whatever and dana will just be like you're being a dick 
<laughs> you know, like, and it's great. Like I, I personally like really like that dynamic. Um, cause Dana is not going to take the shit. Now, if like Dana took the shit, like she did in that like first episode, then you're going to like, uh, like I, you know, like if it was all of that, all this season, then I'd probably be like a little bit more sour on it. But yeah, no, she was like, I'm not going to apologize for taking the shit that you gave to me. Like, why would I apologize for this? I did nothing wrong. And I was just like, yeah, I like that. And she's like, but no, but like, I really don't give a shit. Cause like I did, like, I'm correct. And he's like, yeah, if you keep saying it, you'll believe it. It's like, God, Ian. Oh, you are so ridiculous. Yeah, so um, I think that's a good segue then, I guess, into, um, you know, we see David standing up to, you know, I am. Um, and I, I, this season's been really great for David, though, and it's this sort of weird, but I think when we wrap up, like, kind of this, the relationships they have, the other people have, like, like I and Poppy left, but there's, like, this codependency almost. And it's, like, it's good. In some yeah. ways, like for David personally, it's good that I and a Poppy aren't there, right? Oh, yeah. Because he's able to 100%. like actually be the boss he's supposed to be. But then at the same time, like, you know, there is something missing in like the creative department without I and Poppy, right? Like, yeah. And so it, it's it's interesting with that. And as a good segue into episode six, which is, um, the Christmas episode that yeah. actually aired that actually aired at Christmas time. Yay! As opposed well, to the Ted Lasso Christmas episode that aired in like July. Twelve hours of Christmas. This was I'm trying to pull it over. I always forget how to oh never mind. I got it. So this came out to December 9th, so December 9th, 2022, uh, was when the 12 hours of Christmas, so this is their Christmas episode, um, where it's ex- it's Christmas at the MQ, and David is desperately trying to boost morale to the team and employees, um, by making it the best Christmas ever, and he has this idea, um, of this, like, idealistic Christmas that he imagined from a snow globe, <laughs> poor guy um you know about christmas carols and um snow and decorations and hot chocolate and all of this stuff and um we have ian who shows up at mq for the holiday party saying it's for poppy and coincidentally poppy says that she's there for ian so they're you know pretending to be there for each other or not really actually pretending like they really i think they really do think that they are there for each other um there is no Christmas bonus this year. Ian says that they need a distraction from Christmas, but David doesn't want to do that. He wants to have his birthday Christmas. But um, then we have Joe giving Poppy a present, um, which is so sweet of her. It's a necklace of part of the car that they crushed when they did um, brunch. Um, but Poppy didn't get her anything, and that hurts Joe's feelings. Um, Rachel shows... Uh, Dana, her red nose reindeer package, which is basically um, an unlimited night vision for 24 hours. Um, Brad is assisting her with this, and he tries. He he has them doing it her way or his way, which is that there's a limited quantity of this special thing for the game. And um, but then Dana points out that 
you know, Rachel is the homie, not Brad. So then they change it to doing her way, which makes it a lower price point, but there's no limit to who can buy it. So she ends up making um, a ton of money for Mythic Quest. Um, David tries to get everybody to sing Christmas carols um, that he wants to post on the site and everybody hates it. There's that one guy that wants chili and chili has been, has been lots of references to chili this episode. Um, Poppy and I discuss spending Christmas alone. Um, and then they decide to do, they, they're like, Oh, we're actually being nice to each other. So let's do something nice for MQ. Um, then we see Rachel, uh, having, she, she sees the first like monetary, uh, success of her idea which is like making like way more money than Brad's idea would have. Um, then Joe gives her the same, uh, another necklace, the similar to Poppy's necklace, but Rachel doesn't have anything to her. So again, Joe's feelings get hurt. Um, and David finds out that I and Poppy took over the Christmas party. They like totally left like the, wherever that like first floor that they were on. And they have like, like electronic music going on they're, they're giving away a porch like they're doing all sorts of stuff that's not Christmassy to try and like keep everybody's minds off that they're not with their friends and families at Christmas but this upsets David a lot um because he wanted to do his Christmas and he sees them as being selfish and only doing that for themselves so then he becomes a Grinch and he just has everybody go back to work no parties whatsoever um Brad talks to Joe uh and they kind of are like, oh, we'll get through this. Um, and then Rachel announces basically to the entire company that they made $1 million. Uh, the employees hear it and are super not happy because of the no bonuses. Um, you know, it's like, oh, great. So the company gets to make money, but we don't get our bonuses. Um, David takes all the Christmas stuff down. Ian and Poppy try to talk to David, um, but he's depressed and drinking a bottle of liquor. <laughs> and telling them to stick their dicks in blenders. Uh, and Rachel wants everyone to not be mad at her. Um, she goes to Brad to try to fix everything. So then we cut to the next morning. Um, I and Poppy set up a white Christmas with decorations, snow hats, everything, like anything you possibly want, Christmas trees everywhere, um, candy canes, everything uh, for Christmas. And chili, there's chili. Um, Rachel and Poppy... Uh, Thank God for the art department, right? (laughs) The art department made the chili. Uh, (laughs) Rachel and Poppy make a game for um, Joe called Brunch Crushers. So she gets to she gets to crush all the brunch going ladies in a tank, which is so ridiculous. Um, And then there's fake snow, a sing along uh, to the Chipmunks Christmas song, and uh, they might get poisoned by fake snow. Who knows? And that's our Christmas episode. Paul. I, I, I love this one. <laughs> I, I love this episode. Cause it, it really spotlights the the Poppy Ian um relationship of how they're both just two people that are there for each other. Like David having you know, David's really stepping up. Um yeah, I just this was a fun episode. Of, it really brought back the family as, aspect of, of Mythic Quest with also, they really put the fun and dysfunctional in yeah. all of their relationships with each other. And I think Joe I think Joe and David are the MVPs of best character growth this season. And 
to see Joe just embracing Poppy at the end of the episode while they're singing, I thought was cute. Like it's, I don't know. I love Joe. I love seeing how far she's come, but yeah, I, I like this one a lot. This is, this is a fun one. Yeah, this is a really great episode. June, what do you think? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh no. Are you on mute, June? Yeah. Can't oh, see. Where's my sorry. Phone? Oh. I am on mute. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, um, so no, I am actually surprised they haven't done like a Christmas episode like this, like even in like the first season, just to show what it takes to keeping a game like this. Like I imagine like a World of Warcraft game. I mean these like online like multiplayer games, right? Like Yeah. You know, you the the consumer is playing this and you're playing it in real time like in order to for you to do that like there is somebody at a computer now probably today i would you know what i would imagine the only thing that was like i was like i think pre-covid like this would probably be something that these people could have done at home like work remotely but like someone's at a computer making sure this game continues to function in real time 24 right. 7 right like so yeah. I think, and, you know, and, th- and that includes, like, you got to work on holidays, you got to work on Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, like, you don't, like, most, most of us get Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. Yeah, you know, I think, um, um, and so, like, there, but, like, these are people who don't, and, you know, you're working on Christmas Day, you're making sure that this game is just continuing, it's just, like, business as usual, so it's, like, in some ways, I understand, like, David's inclination to try to make it as fun as possible right it's like we have to be here right yeah we we have to be here however you know i also understand i'm poppy's point that like constantly remind them on christmas stuff like is just reminding them that they're at work on christmas day right you know, like I get it's I like the dynamic of like seeing the both points of views and um and you know, it's, just, and it's like two different extremes, right? Like on David's and the extreme, like he hasn't gone far enough to make it like a good you know, it's like, oh I got a hot chocolate bar. Like, okay, great. That's awesome. I got a karaoke machine and I'm gonna make you think Carol's okay, great. But then Worker. The opposite, like, what was, yeah, what, but what then was on it the, in the first season though. Oh, the first season when they were like, it was something with the programmers, right? Remember? And like he rolls like in, cream. like, yeah, it was, it was like, like a ice cream or something. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Like his ideas are just never, like, they're never on point. And then, like, on the opposite extreme, you have Ian and Poppy who are like, yeah, like you could do whatever you want. Like, you can, like, make out with whoever, like, on the dance floor. And you can drink on the job. Right. So, drink, it's like, on the, drink while you're on the clock. Right, exactly. So it's like too much, too much. And David's like, not enough. So like, it's really, it was really nice how like, at the end of the episode, it was was like, okay, here's, here's the middle ground. Like, it's, it's a party. It's a great party. But it's also like, not having you drink alcohol while you're working. (laughs) And the other thing about this that I like too, though, is and I hope, and I think this is like an interesting thing, especially because this is like a hot topic current issue though with um how these like how how all these tech companies are run right like in Mm -hmm. the business model of it and 
you know, like Mythic Quest as a company or any gaming company, right? Like you, the whole, it, it, it is capital. It, it, you, have a, you have a product and you want consumers to buy the product. But the business is trying to see like how much money can we get out of our consumers? And I like the different approaches that Brad and Rachel take to that, right? Like right. here's something that we can boost on Christmas. Brad wants to, like Rachel is thinking about the consumer. And this thing is like, you see this all the time, though, and it, it a lot of us do with like customer service too. Though, you know, we can get more money out of the consumer by adding on fees or doing this or putting these restrictions or putting these limitations on it. And yeah, that's a way to get squeeze money out of the consumers. Or is it better to maybe take the approach of like making the consumers happy and have faith that the consumers. Mm-hmm you can like by making the consumers happy yeah that I mean, you it, get them to buy your that you get them to buy your product instead of um like you have to do like if you want to play your game you have to do this right like that's yeah. kind of brad's mode like if you want to play your okay. game and you want to like move up you gotta you gotta pay shop money to do this whereas rachel is more of like how about just have it accessible but it's just based on like you you scored this many hit points in this section of a game and that like, you know, instead of having something where they buy, like have it be rewards, but like they put money in a different way. Yeah. I mean, like, well, she, I mean, the interesting part about this like particular thing is like, she is still like, like this, the, the like add on that they're selling is it's 24 hours available only. So like, there's like an exclusivity part about it. It's like, okay, well, if you want 20, if you want night vision or whatever, whatever it was, if you want night vision for this game, like you can have it for 24 hours, but only for 24 hours. The interesting thing that was that Brad thought that like, oh, if we only have a hundred thousand of these things available, then everybody will scrounge to buy them. But Rachel's point was like, but wait, if we make this unlimited, more people. and we and we yeah and we just lower the price point then like everyone will buy right. one and if, if and everyone if, buys one you're gonna make more money <laughs> like, that's a, and you have thing, a that's a gamble and that's a gamble yeah, I think oh, businesses sure. go through this all the time right like do you sat like do you cater more and making a decision like obviously you want to make money but then you know i think in every business you have one side that is just about the money right like they couldn't care less about the actual consumers and then you have like other people in the company who are thinking you know the other way of looking at businesses well you know we can make something a little cheaper right Right. but if make it cheaper then accessible more people will buy it but then you also have to put faith in that like that happens like either plan could fail right like you could have something be so exclusive that people flock to it or it turns people off and they're like fuck you i don't want to do that or if you have something that is cheaper and available to the masses, like, yes, that could make more people buy it, or it could right. just be something that people aren't interested in. And this right, is the exactly. mark. Yes. And like, you know, the, the bet is for Rachel's like, okay, well, you know, if you only have a hundred thousand units and you sell them for X amount of dollars, then this is the cat. Like this is the most you can make. And who knows, like, how much it was it the million? Was it the 500,000? Who knows, like, what it was? Because they never tell you exactly what it was. I mean, she ended up making a million. Like, she ended 
making a million she could for the company. Easily, but she could have easily like. But if that, her, yeah, it, like if it could have easily, if, it could have gone the other way where she made right. much less than Brad's like proposed plan, right? Like yes, it, and that's the thing where it's like her her expertise, which also could like get her into trouble because like. In this episode that we we have Brad constantly referring to himself as Palpatine from Star Wars mm-hmm. and like she's the apprentice and like, you know, so he's like trying to lure her to the dark side and whatever. And like, but we do see that like her expertise of like, OK, like I I am a gamer and this is something that I would buy for this price point. So like that's that's where her kind of like expertise comes in but then we do see her like going like crazy over like how much money she's making so we're like right mm, okay like and what so is, it'll be like, interesting her? well what'll be interesting though is like if her way is sustainable right like, right yeah let's make the consumers happy and get a profit off of making you know like we right. bank we, we gamble yeah, on mm-hmm. we bank on making profit by making the consumers happy which a lot of businesses think about it. I mean, these days don't like they are more just like, Hey, if we just do certain things, like think about the airlines, like, you know, right. or if you make it any Airbnb, right? Like the hidden fees. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you don't really have a choice. Like, you have to, if you have to fly on this air, like this is the only flight out of your airport, out of your, the airport that you need to go to. Right. And this is it. They add on yeah. all these fees, like, you know, oh, if you need to check a bag, that's a fee. You want to have carry on, that's a fee. All right. this stuff, right? And so, like, you don't, but you don't have any choice. Right. Like, and sometimes and, you're stuck in that, yeah. you know, and yes, you make money off of that, but then, like, you piss off people. So, like, am I less inclined to, like, want to book United, right? I mean, right. or yeah. something. And so... If I have a choice later on, but it's just one of those game. And so I like that. I kind of hope they do explore that a little bit more of like the different ways of trying to go about profits. For, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, she's paired up with Brad and that's a very interesting thing because mm-hmm. she's very into social justice and being fair. And but money talks, though. And Brad, right. And, and Brad's all about the money. So and she and you can see like in this episode that she likes making that much money <laughs> so it's like and it'd be interesting okay. to see like as she continues to make more money and to you know establish her place as an executive in this company yeah which is like funny because you know like obviously she like didn't want to do that and like in the i guess it was it the other it must have been the other episode where you know like brad's trying to like He's basically like getting, trying to convince her to convince herself to take the homie job. And he's like, oh yeah, you'd be perfect for this job. And she's like, wait, what? I'm going to be a writer. And he's like, ew, yuck. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? And it's just, it's funny. Like, I, I really like the dynamic of these two. Because like Rachel, for me as a character, she gets very exhausting very fast. And like, and I mean, in this episode, they actually like play on that, right? Like they, they're like, he says annoying. And like, Dana's like, we don't say the A word <laughs> anymore. She's like, yeah, we don't say the A word. I'm like, yeah, but you were, you were so annoying. <laughs> like, and I do love and, the Joe Poppy, Rachel dynamic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, me too. It's just, and I love how Joe heard things like, 
I did friend wrong, didn't I? Or you did friend wrong this time. She's like, I didn't yes. do it wrong this time. You did it wrong. Yeah, she calls them out, which I love. I love that. And they're all, you know, the three of them, they're so, uh, their personalities are not conducive to making a lot of friends, especially like women friends. So it, having the three of them together and kind of being like, you know, like, oh shit, like, I guess we are friends, like, is... No, but is what nice. I love is I that like they that. actually get each... Here's the thing, is, like, they yes. may not be the friends who, like, they don't text all the time, right? And they're not, like... No. Although Joe like, wants it, to do They're not hanging week. out on each other's... <laughs> yeah, they're not hanging on each other's couches, like, binging Netflix together, right? They're not, like, like that. that's not... They're not going to get drinks, you know, right. 5.30 at the bar next door. But yeah, they but they know each other so well that like even like the, the scraps of like you know metal that Joe gives Poppy and Rachel like as the you know sort of like the memento of like this really awesome day we had. Here, think that's a very thoughtful gift, and had Rachel and like in a normal universe, say they were like friends who talk all the time, whatever. Like those would be meaningful gifts, right? Like those were good yeah. gifts. But and then, you know, they don't they're like, oh, shit, we didn't know we were doing gifts. And then they scramble Rachel and Poppy scramble to, like, find a last minute gift. Um, but then when they do. Like, it's such a perfect gift, like, yeah, the game. And it's the game of Joe writing, you know, the tank over Karen's at brunch. Like, it just seems like, it just I love how, like, they just know each other so well to be able to even just do these last-minute things like that. And then yeah. it's just, an, it's a very interesting take on friendships. Yeah, I agree. I really enjoy that. That mm. dynamic a lot. It's it's very cool. Um. Okay, uh, do we have anything else we want to say about our Christmas episode? Paul? No, I enjoyed no. it. No. <laughs> Although I guess they were inhaling not great substances. It seemed um, whatever <laughs> snow, fake like snow, I am. Like asbestos or something. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God. Yeah, that was great. Like, they didn't have the Game of Thrones guy. There's like, apparently Game of Thrones, like they, um, they actually have like a dude who was like the snow guy. And, like, apparently he's, like, the best in the biz at, like, creating fake snow. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I, I, <laughs> I, watch, I watched it. I watched the, the little, that, that the, the Game of Thrones docu thing on HBO. Uh, and, like, they showed the guy. And he, like, had, like, and he had, like, a team of people that he was just, like, this is how the snow should look. And I love very that. detailed about it. That was a good one. That documentary, I, I, that's about that the last season, right? Like, well, yeah, which was the. No, no, no. I'm saying that, like, that documentary, documentary came was... out during the last season, right? Or yes. like, it was about. Yeah, it, was, okay, um, yeah. it was about the last season. Like, it showed them at their last table read. And like, yeah, Kit Harrington reading that he's the one. Oh yeah, that, yeah. like he apparently wanted to go into the. I don't know if he went into every season, but like. And there's, like, no requirement, I guess, for the cast. Like, you can, before the table, you can read your parts, or you don't have to. You can come in cold. And I guess Kit Harrington 
came and cold to all the table reads. So like he had no idea. Like he had no idea. By the way, this is not this is not longer spoiled. This was four years ago. And if you don't know the end of Game of Thrones by now, you're never gonna watch it. So um he didn't know that Arya killed the Night King, he didn't know that he killed Danny. No! And he learned it like and, and he and he learned Wait, it at what? the table read. He learned it at the table read, like with the entire cast and the producers and the writers and stuff. Yeah, that was a good that was a good documentary. <laughs> I would I love it. Not watch you know it. What if they if they did that for Ted Lasso, like last cable reads and stuff for the last season? Oh, um, I want it for this season. It sounds like fucking just drama back behind the scenes is, making this. This, one. Is, this is the last season. This is the last season. Apple has not said that. Apple. I was just gonna say, yeah, didn't. Yeah, Apple like. You know, like we've heard from Jason Sudeikis saying they have a story for three seasons, but when they released the pictures, it said from the upcoming third season, Apple is, I think Apple's hoping that they can just back Wait, up fucking on. dump I trunks. Swore, dump I trunks. swore that, I swore that we reported news, like, was it like in the maybe late summer or fall where it was like, some there was some announcement that like third season of Ted Lasso was the final season, and then we were kind of like, I thought we knew that already. I, all I all I really remember is like uh, who's the Lawrence something saying they had a story for three seasons, and then like Jason Sudeikis not too long ago, maybe six months ago, was like, hey, like you know, we have three. We had a story for three seasons, but you never know what could happen. Like something could change. Mm. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Apple was very picky about what they said with that with that picture teasing this upcoming season. It was interesting. I love I love Ted Lasso, right? And like here's the thing: like it, when you have a beloved show, it is always sad. Like you know when they end it right like i mean like parks and rec like that was one you know and, and there's certain shows where you're like they end it and you're just like and and and, and like it's especially sort of like a comedy or sitcom one where that's not based on another like doesn't have source material where there's an end and most people know the end right like this is something that theoretically could go on forever but it ends and i don't know i, I if i think it's always quality over quantity and I would think in some instances I would rather sh- like shorter, like I'm fine with three seasons of like really good episodes as opposed to five seasons of mostly good episodes and like a hand and like, uh, like a bunch that are like not great. Yeah. Like Breaking Bad, man. Out. Breaking Bad. Like, because because five you sh- because you seasons. Great. They 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 could have cashed in on break. They could have probably got nine seasons out of Breaking Bad if they really wanted to. But Gilligan was like, "Nope, I had it for five. That's what we're doing." Yeah, I, I think that's smart sometimes. Um, it's I definitely mean, like, smart yeah. if you have a full story. You know, yeah. like, just tell well, like the a story. A lot of the a lot of the you know the the British shows, the ones that we like. I think um like what is it, The House of Cards, um, and uh, Shameless. There's a bunch of shows like that. You were on like Showtime or HBO or something, you know, that were originally British shows. And, you know, I think the 
British, the original version of House of Cards, it was by the British Prime Minister. It was three seasons, only meant for three seasons, and it was meant to be like a three-story arc, right? Like the yeah. first season is like the guy's rise to power. The second season is, you know, he has the power. And the third season is downfall. Like makes sense. Yeah. And, um, well, and I think they yeah. do that. Like the office was only a couple seasons. The office was not. No. Ha- however, like seven seasons that we had here, like the British well, office was a lot shorter. Oh, the office you here was what? nine seasons. Nine yeah, seasons. Forever. I, it was so long. I think you it was what, only like, what three seasons the the like Richie Ger- Ricky Gervais office. I think yeah, it was like three seasons. Yeah, it was really yeah. short. Um, but you know it'll be interesting like what HBO does with uh, the Last of Us. We talked about that earlier. But like, because like Paul asked me like, well, do you think they're just gonna like season one is just gonna be like the first game, or do you think they're gonna go into the second game? And like, I mean, with where they're at now at episode four, I want to say they're like about the first game. I don't know. Well, like, then, they're about a third into the game already. Wasn't like, there plans to do a another like uh, a continuation? I didn't of the look game into on the game side. I thought there was like the before the show or whatever. Like the there's a the, chapter one. Like there's like a oh shit. What is it called? It's like mm, like I want to say it's like a chapter one. Like it's like the events. Before I think before Joel find or before Joel smuggles Ellie, so like oh it shows I think it's like the stuff that the happens down. with I think no I no I think it just shows what happens with Ellie like I think it just oh. shows like her like her deal because like there's a whole oh. story with her and like how she got bit and like what happened with that um or but like where they're at new pedro pascal show where it's the mini series of bill and frank <laughs> with <laughs> flashbacks featuring pedro pascal <laughs> it could think sure um but like yeah i mean like because like with this like with the show like they gave us that like bottle episode right but like that actually took us it like was in place of the bill stuff in the game so it actually didn't like add any time to that it was just like oh okay and then um but like with where they're at now I, I i feel like they're like almost a third through the game or maybe like a quarter and they added some characters so like in that fourth in the fourth episode like there's some characters that were added in like that aren't a part of the game which is fine which is great like i think they're doing a great job with that but um yeah as far as like if it will go if like the first season will be just the first game, it could totally be possible where they're at now. Um, and that'll be interesting to see like, okay, did they end it with that? Do they get into the second game at all? Um, I mean, there's definitely, I feel like there's definitely like some references from the second game, like in the show, but I couldn't tell you specifically. And I wouldn't want to tell you anyway, just in case there's yeah. like potential spoilers. So because um, I did start to play the second game, I'm like, I want to say, I actually have no idea how far I am, but I'm pretty into the story at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm halfway, but maybe I'm only a third. So it's great. It's good. It's really good. They know how to tell a story. Like nice. But yeah, I'm it's, excited. Mm, mm, yeah, and, lots of um, things that I wish I could discuss with people that I can't. <laughs> Well, next week we will be discussing 
um, episode seven, seven which eight. is our bottle episode. Yeah. Ish, um, ish, ish, which I think is a very good one and explains a lot about, um, you know, our two main characters, Poppy and I am. So that'll be yeah. fun. And then we have episode eight, uh, which is called To Catch a Mouse. Mm-hmm. So that will be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's I think that wraps it up for Mythic Quest this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. This has been this has been a fun seven days. Um, no, you've been sick. Are you feeling better? Yeah. No, but yeah. I know. Like, that's, that's not convincing at all. Uh, I just I went back to work today for the first time in a week and I'm just oh, fucking drained. You're dead. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah, I got mushrooms God. coming out of my mouth. No. <laughs> um but uh uh yeah, June was on Cinecast a couple weeks ago. Check that out. Jess was a sport and did a wrestling Cinedudes. Nice. I think the episode came out to almost five hours, so check that out. Holy shit. Yeah, we did that whole rumble. With Shoeless Fred. Yeah, that was great. That last, like, hour was fantastic. Yeah, Jess is a great sport. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, next week, keep liking and subscribing. We appreciate it. Jess is going to... Oh wait, hang on. Wait, yep, we didn't yep, yep. Jess, you have to pick a celebrity. You have to pick a, a celebrity to do oh. an Apple show around. Oh yeah. Uh this week or next week we'll be talking about shows and or movies starring Viola Davis. Oh god, there's uh, damn it, Jess. That's gonna be hard. <laughs> so June is gonna be like a suicide squad part three. <laughs> No, it's gonna be featuring only featuring nope, everybody else, be, but featuring John Cena. <laughs> no, it'll be Bill and Frank <laughs> featuring Pedro Pascal and featuring Viola Bio Davis <laughs> and oh Viola Davis God. somehow. Somehow, you know what? I'm just gonna recast Anna Tour um, with Viola Davis, and she'll be tough. Okay. In the okay. Apple version mm-hmm. of sure. my Pedro Pascal show. <laughs> Viola Davis. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a good one. I'll have to think about that one, but yeah. Great pick, me too, because I don't know what I'm going to... I don't have an idea for this. You're like, you don't have actor. an idea. Just had the actor, that's all. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll just we'll hit you with our <laughs> contact info, and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right. Pretty good. Got you in and out. This has been Apple to Oranges, an Apple TV Plus original review show. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash apple to oranges. Send us an email at apple to oranges pod at gmail.com or tweet us at at ATO underscore pod on Twitter. Thank you for listening. See you next time.